0: Be seated about three weeks ago. I heard Pastor David talking about change and how we have to change our thinking. We're either slaves or we're sons of God. My husband and I, uh, some of you in the congregation still say to me, um, Are you visiting? Am I visiting? Because my husband and I lived in New Plymouth when I spoke here. Uh, last year and God just said that we were to move and so without delay we packed up we got rid of stuff and we headed this way my husband was um, offered a job at the port he's a health and safety advisor at the port and on the 24th of December we moved into a house at Taradale we had an expectation that God was going to move us within two years. Do you have an expectation in your heart that God is going to move you and do something with you? Well, you know, when the, uh, we started to sort the house out, and because we had a big house, and, uh, you know, when you've been together over 30 years, you have a lot of stuff. And the kids have left home, and you have all their stuff as well. And so we began to clean everything out. If we're going to move on in the things of God, we're going to have to clean house. And so, uh, you know, you pull out the furniture, and there's dust bunnies under the furniture. Now, you you clean out all those things, and the last thing you probably clean is the toilet, you know, because it's not the nicest job. And the moving truck is waiting in the driveway. Now, wouldn't it just be craziness to pack up all the dirt and the dust that we found around the house, stuck it in a bag and brought it over here to the Hawke's Bay with us? God doesn't want that for us in our Christian life. You know, I used to be a drug addict and a drug dealer with a police record. And uh, my husband back then, the man that God gave me to, to be my husband, was a policeman. You know, it was... It was like my worst nightmare. <laughs> but God God is so funny, and he's just crazy good. I mean, I, I just love God, love what he's about. And um, but I had a, I've had a couple of heaven experiences. That's how I got saved, and my husband's had his own uh, supernatural e- encounters with the Lord. We had one the same night. And uh, even though uh, I've had those experiences... And I have open visions, and I see amazing things that I can't even share with you. You know, when Paul talked about a man that was caught up in the Spirit and taken to heaven, he was talking about himself. A lot of people don't know that. Paul didn't make it known to people that it was, you know, that that was him. And when Paul was praying at the temple... With Barnabas, he healed people. God healed people through them. And then the the high priest of Zeus came with all these gifts. You see, as people, we've got the propensity in us to want to worship something or someone. And so we go like crazy after the person that, you know, got the anointing or whatever, when that anointing, that presence of the Holy Spirit lives and abides in all of us. The power that rose Jesus from the dead is in you. Even that little baby there. And the Holy Spirit that's in that little baby is not a little baby. The Holy Spirit is God. But you know what? I'm, I sense that even though I've had those experiences. <coughs> To me, nothing's important than the Word of God. And we can make a doctrine around those experiences that we've had. And we can get into error, because I've heard a lot of preachers in error uh, building a doctrine around their heaven experience or their supernatural encounters. God is a supernatural God, and yes, we do have supernatural encounters, but they should never, ever supersede the authority of the Word of God. And I hear people saying... We don't need the Bible. I say, get away from them. They're dangerous people. Because if you study the word of God and you learn about Jesus, young people, (laughs) Jesus always spoke scripture. The disciples in Matthew's gospel is full of Old Testament scripture. So if the word of God is important to Jesus, should it be to us? I think one thing that God wants to set us free from is laziness. We're apathetic and we're lazy. You know, I've done missionary work in dangerous countries, training pastors and evangelists and smuggling Bibles, speaking in Bible colleges. And um, when you go there and you see the power and the passion, one conference I went to, one pastor had to walk two months one way to get to that one conference. I love Leonard Ravenhill, the old revivalist. He said, How can we pull down the things of Satan if we can't, we don't even have the strength to lift up that remote control and turn the TV off? (laughs) Reinhard Bonnke said, God does not anoint couch potatoes. (laughs) God wants us to get up and to be moving, praying. And moving. Faith without works is dead. You know, young people, I prayed for a young man when he was 15 years old, and he came forward, and I had no idea what the Lord wanted to say to this young man. But the Lord said, You're gonna cross over the water. He said, You're gonna be surrounded by giants. When that came out of my mouth, I thought, Oh my goodness, is that demons? And then, then he said, you're going to go to another land with hot sand. Then you will travel from there to a super nation." Only about two years ago, because this young man now is about 28, his mother came to me at a meeting and said, you prayed for my son, and she told me this story. Straight after I'd prayed this word, I find with me when God speaks, things happen like straight away because I begin to work with him in it. I had a friend come to me, he said, Oh, Kobe, he said, "Um, God's called me to be a pastor. Praise the Lord, brother. When's this going to happen? And he said, 20 years ago, he told me. (laughs) You see, God can speak a word. He's done his part. I did my part speaking the word to this young man. He's got to do his part. First, I think he needs to test the word. Lord, is that you? Is that your spirit? So often we just take words, and I believe God's saying even in this congregation, there have been false words that have been spoken that you have pinned your whole life on, and you are so frustrated and disappointed because it's never come off, because it was a false word. And so I've been taking authority over those sorts of things at home in the spirit. And I was trained to be like a Berean, you know, that's like, it's like a bulldog, you know, hang on to the word of God and test it. And I had really good uh, teachers and ministers that I was under who said up from the platform, they'd cry, they'd talk about their rubbish, their sin, but they'd also say, whatever I'm saying to you, you need to go and check it against the word of God. Test it against the word of God. And so, even with young people, they need the word of God. They need the milk of the word of God. And when they get some infant formula, that's not right. They're going to be deformed. You know, they're not going to grow up good in God. They're going to walk funny and look funny. (laughs) That's not happening to you here. (laughs) So this young man, the mother said... I want to tell you everything you said to my son came to pass. And then she relayed everything to me. And she said, my son was seeing, was seen by a coach at a, at a basketball court and, uh, in New Plymouth. And you know why the coach picked this young man? Was because he saw him after the game, everyone walked off the court. But the young man walked around and picked up all the rubbish and put it in the bin cleaned up the court. So this coach was from Nelson. He was given a scholarship to Nelson Boys High down there, or the college down there, and so he crossed over the water from the North Island to the South Island. See, we think sometimes these words are going to be super spiritual or whatever, but they're not. And then he was playing, he ended up playing for the Nelson Giants. He went over, went from there over to Australia and was playing for the Wildcats. So he's gone to the land with the hot sand. Then he went from there and he was over in San Diego at David, Dr. Jeremiah's college. You know, he's on shine, Dr. David Jeremiah. And he's there and he did the same thing. He began to pick up the rubbish and put it in the bin. Two months later, Dr. uh, Dr. David Jeremiah's college rang and said, we want to give you a scholarship. So he went there, got his degree. But what that's about, it's about your character. It's about our character, not about his ability, because when I prayed for him at 15, he wasn't very good at basketball. I'm talking about um, Jeremiah Truman, who was a tall black and played for the Breakers awesome man of God. One word from the Lord can set your path to your destiny. One word. And this young man here, you really have God's heart. I sit back here with my husband and I watch you. God's all over you, over your life. God's going to use you in a big way. Now, people might say that to you. You need to go to God and say, Lord, what is it? Because people are going to keep on saying this until you, you know, we need to, do no, be lazy now. Go and seek out God in it. What is it, Lord? And wrestle with that word and, yeah, and it'll come to pass. I believe it's to do with ministry. Thank you, Lord, holy God. In fact, I can see you on the platform. Thank you, Jesus, preaching the word of God, your little preacher. Thank you, Jesus. Holy God. Let's open up the word. Matthew chapter 21. Oh, that's for me. Verse 12. really believe God wants to deal with some stuff today. We can sing about freedom, and we can come to church. One time I was here in the church, and I saw the Holy Spirit in human form. And I saw the Father and the Son. It was like we were in an opera house. And I saw the Father and the Son up in the royal box. And I saw the Holy Spirit whooping it up. The Holy Spirit always lifts up Jesus. The Holy Spirit loves worship. He loves to worship. And he was worshiping. And he looked across and I heard him say, he said, if only they knew who they worship. If only you knew. This is about Jesus cleansing the temple. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Now this is just after the triumphant entry of Jesus on the donkey. And he would have had a great, procession with him, following him as he went to the temple. And at that time, there would have, the place would have been just packed with people, inside and outside of that whole area, because people had come for Passover. In New Plymouth, we have WOMAD. When WOMAD's on, you know, it's a big uh, music festival. There's no accommodation anywhere. There are people everywhere in the city. Do you have things like that here, where there's such an influx of people? Well, this was what it was like at the time when Jesus went to the temple. He went in through the east gate, which was called the king's gate. So here was the king arriving at his temple of worship. This place belonged to him. And he walks in, and he sees the money changers and the animals, and he gets this righteous anger that comes on him. You know, I loved what Pastor Mike was talking about last week when he talked about, about Jesus and being a warrior. Not this Jesus, meek and mild, but this warrior Jesus. Well, here he is in the temple, and he's upset. And he just takes to them, he doesn't come and ask any questions, he's God. And so he walks in there and he begins to tip over tables. And the sad thing about this is that the Pharisees were looking on, the religious teachers of the day, the religious teachers who should never, ever have allowed because it was against the Torah. The word that Jesus was confirming was speaking, my house should be a house of prayer was what Jeremiah said, what God said through Jeremiah and Jeremiah 7. They should have known better. Those things that were in the temple court there, that temple court was called the court of the Gentiles. That was the only place that the Gentiles could come into. God cares about people that are not in his kingdom. You know, all my heaven experiences and all the rest of it, I discovered there are no lost people there. Our mandate is still the same, is to preach the gospel, is to seek and save the lost, is to snatch those from the fire. That's our purpose, that's our mandate, not to be tied up in all these super spiritual experiences, although they're great. And Paul said, you know, When that man came to worship them, that priest of Zeus, and he said no, and he said no to the people. Because it's God that we worship, it's God that we serve. And so here they are, the Pharisees are watching. These are the religious leaders. Now, if we're really going to be honest, a lot of us, even including myself, have had a religious spirit to some degree, at some time. Can we say amen? Yeah? (laughs) And you know what a religious spirit is like? Here they were in the temple. They had allowed idolatry in the temple. The money was foreign currency, which was idolatrous, which should never have been in the Gentile court. Idolatry. And so God began to tip tip over the tables. And, you know, if you read Matthew 23, it's full of rebuke. It's dedicated just to the Pharisees, just to those who have a religious spirit. When we're religious, we like to argue. We get argumentative, especially with leadership. We get frustrated with what's happening at church. I was at a church and I was sitting with a senior pastor and one of the young pastors comes into the room and I said I could see it that religious spirit I could see it all over him. He was angry. I said brother come and sit. And I said tell me what's on your heart. He said I'm frustrated. And I said, would you like the senior pastor to leave the room? <laughs> just in case it's about them. And uh, he said, no, it's all right. But he couldn't look at the senior pastor. He just kept looking at me. He said, I'm so frustrated. And he proceeded to tell me that the Holy Spirit wasn't in the church and that nobody knows God. And, and uh, he said to me, can I be honest with you? That's what he said to me. And he proceeded to tell me all the faults... Fault finding, you see. It's a religious spirit. And um, after he'd finished, I said, now can I be honest with you? And he said, yeah. I said, you're self-righteous. You have a self-righteous spirit. Because really what you're saying is, I'm the only one that knows the best of what God's doing here. Totally wiping out the whole body of Christ when we do that, when we want things our own way because of frustration. We're so frustrated. I'm frustrated with that worship. And so we get bitter. Then the Pharisees, you know, they conspired against Jesus. They began to talk. They began to tell lies about Jesus Do we do that when things aren't going our way? I'm talking to the church, particularly in the church. Do we conspire? Because I've seen this through churches where little groups of disgruntled people who are not getting their way. It only takes one person with a religious spirit to begin to pull people away. And you know what a religious spirit does, what the Pharisees did? They murmured against Jesus. They spoke against him, and they spoke lies to get rid of him. Do we do that? Do we conspire for the downfall of another Christian? Or are we doing what the Word of God tells us to do, and that's to encourage each other daily? Encourage, lift each other up. You know, I had a religious spirit. I planted this fellowship, and uh, I started with five people. In eight weeks, I had 75 people. I, for, I just lost count of the people I baptized in the river. And the Holy Spirit was leading this thing. You know, he called for it. He led it. It was incredible. The nets were breaking. I couldn't handle it. I had to get help. And so I called all different denominations to send me a leader, someone who could teach and preach the gospel. And so I got all these representatives from different churches to come. But what was happening in me was I began to structure everything. I took it off the Holy Spirit, and I became religious. And in that religiosity, I got angry when people didn't do things the way that I wanted them done. See, that's a religious spirit. Search my heart, O God, and know my thoughts today. Lord, if there be any wicked thing in me, do I have a religious spirit? Because God wants to cleanse us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of God's spirit. And he wants to deal with what's in us. you know what, when I was just so messed up, I couldn't even read. Holy Spirit had to teach me how to read the Bible. I was in a special needs reading class at school. And as I began to look into the Word of God, I I began to see truth. I began to apply that like a prescription to my life. I would take out words, scriptures that were relative to me and where I was at at the time, and I began to pray those into my life. And stand on those words. The word of God washes us and cleanses us. But we don't want to walk in obedience to just open up that word and begin to read. uh, You know, this is life. Jesus said that his words are life. But we want to listen to the devil. We want to listen to his lies. When he speaks to us and says, you're nothing, you're going nowhere, there's no future for you we need to open the word of God and begin to get that truth into us God is tipping over the tables we need the word of God in our lives I had a dream the other night and it was, it was a full on intense um, battle spiritual battle that we are in as the body of Christ and God was saying get up get up And I believe he's saying that to the church. He said that in Joshua. He said, get up. He said, and get rid of the accursed things, the things of idolatry, the things in our lives that take the place of God. I believe one of those things that God wants to deal with in our life is um, bitterness. Pastor Mike brought a testimony. For the last three weeks, I've turned to my husband in the church here, and I've said to him, he's preaching my word. He's preaching my word. So I love that because you know that you're moving in line with the Holy Spirit. But he spoke that word on bitterness, and he didn't bring anything out. But I really, really believe in this body, that God wants to heal bitterness in this body, in us. I believe that God wants to heal the murmuring in this body. The Lord said to me that that the murmuring in the body of Christ is like cancer. And it is eating through the body. He wants to heal us. He loves us so much. You know, like some of us in this congregation like me, I've been to places. I have prayed for people, seen them raised from the dead in other countries. I've prayed for people who have been healed of all sorts of stuff. But what's on God's heart for this time is he wants his body healed. He wants his body to get up from the dead. He wants his body to walk. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And God is saying, get up. And even some of you young men, the Lord is just impressing upon me now. That when, you know, when you were a, a child, you acted like a child. Some of you have actually stepped into manhood, but you're resisting going to that place. You want to hold on to to bring that young boy. God's saying, particularly you two guys, are you. I said this to a young man uh, two years ago. God wants you to man up. You know, he went from there. He ended up in the mission field. He went went to get trained had been just playing around at the back with all the youth and he was 18 years old and God's saying it's time to man up. And so for us, it's that, some of us, it's that time to step up into a new level into who you are in God as a man. Thank you, Jesus. We're not playing games in the kingdom of God. This is real. This is war. And so in that dream, I saw, I heard the Lord saying, Get up. Get up. And I believe he's saying that to the church. And uh, in my dream, there was a little boy, and I could see the tanks coming, and I could see the fire, and it was intense. And I knew we had to get ready and, and go pack and go. I believe God's saying, Get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for when the bridegroom comes? Are you ready? Are you packed? And then in the dream, I'd put this young boy out on the um, vehicle that we were going to make our escape on. And the enemy had come and taken that young boy away. And I crossed over the bridge, and I was yelling out to my husband to hurry up. In that dream, I believe I was symbolic of the body of Christ, and my husband was symbolic of Jesus. I ran after, I went after this kid that had been taken by the enemy that hung him in a tree, I've had friends that's happened to uh, overseas that have been murdered uh, for the gospel. And so, you know, here I am. I'm running in the stream. And I'm getting this kid, and he's hanging. and uh, But before I got there, my husband was there. Jesus was there. And he killed the enemy. And I was able to get the child down. And I really believe in these times that God is saying that we need to really... Speak truth, speak the Word of God, get the kids grounded on the Word of God the The word of God needs to be written on their hearts, you know, so that they won't sin against him, even us, we need the Word of God. <clears throat> Are you okay out there. <laughs> God doesn't want us to touch anything unclean. That thing that came into the temple courts, into the Gentile courts, was unclean. God doesn't want us to touch anything that's unclean. That's what he says in Corinthians. He said, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. He said, separate ourselves out. What fellowship can can Christ have with the devil, with Bilal? Nothing. We need to come apart from, from those things that are defiling us. I was preaching in a church and I was up the front and the Lord said, there's a woman here who has a tickle in her throat and she coughs and she can't stop. Well, you know, nobody coughed in the congregation. (laughs) takes faith to speak that word out. I spoke it out and a young woman began to walk forward and I saw her hands in the spirit Were black, and she was up here, and I said, "Look, the Lord said that you've touched something that's unclean," and she said, "No." I said, "Oh, let me just ask the Holy Spirit." I asked the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, "Body piercing." Mm." I said, "Body piercing." She wasn't body pierced. She had little earrings, but that was it. Let me ask the Holy Spirit. I said. So I pressed in, and I prayed. And then I said, I can see you playing with instruments in your hand. And then she went, Oh, she said, My sister does body piercing. I was playing with the instruments in my hands. That woman was a worship leader who played the piano in the church, the keyboard. She hadn't played it for months because she was defiled. She made heaps of mistakes. She couldn't play it anymore. She couldn't sing. She'd go to a Bible study group, fall down, like just sit on the floor, fall over in a trance, asleep. We can't play fast and loose with the things of the enemy. We can't call what is evil good. God wants us to cleanse the temple. He wants to cleanse this temple. He wants to heal this temple. I believe today that as you repent of bitterness, people holding on, Pastor Mike said. I had that word before I came to church. There were people holding on to bitterness and it was causing them uh, physical ailments in their body, particularly in this area of their body. Bitterness. Bitterness affects many people. was was saying to us, you know, be careful that a root of bitterness, that bitterness doesn't spring up, because it will affect many people, because when we're bitter, we have to tell people about it, I remember I was in the depression pit once, and when I was in that pit, I was bitter, I was angry, you know, people people stay away from you when you're like that, you know, you want somebody to help you, because you're you're full of self-pity, I wanted my husband to help me and he just ignored me. Where are you, sweetheart, down the back? He just ignored me. I said, Lord, my husband's ignoring me. I said, come to think of it, so are you. And the Lord said to me, he said that I was acting childish. You see, those ways are childish ways. And he he said when you were a child, you acted like a child, but now you're an adult, you put childish things away. He said, when you talk like an adult, I'll answer you. That's what he said to me. And he said, and get out of that pit. And so I had to climb out of my pit. Some of us are in pits of our own making. Pastor Mike spoke about the demons last week. It was good stuff. And deliverance. But you know what? To be honest with you, a lot of the time we need to be delivered from ourselves from us. I think I might have told the story before that when I was doing prison ministry, there was a man in the prison. We were in the chapel and it was full and everybody's eyes were facing forward and this man, he was so bitter and angry that he threw a rock that hit me in my face and I didn't wear glasses then but my head went sideways like this. And I could have walked out of that room because I was standing by the exit door, but I didn't. I felt in those times, you feel the presence of God come on you. The peace of God just overwhelms you. And so I felt the presence of God. And then the Lord said, go out into the middle of the floor. He said, I want you to say this. There's someone here with a broken little finger on your left hand and you also have a problem with your back. Come out because Jesus is going to heal you today. The man that came out and got healed was the man that threw the rock. Now come on, if we're bitter, who are we throwing the rocks at? You need healing. I tell you, I was weeping about this at home. God wants you to be healed. He doesn't want you to carry that bitterness around because it's destroying you. Not only that, when we're like that, we're a false witness. God hates a false witness. I remember before my husband and I got saved, one of his relatives, who's a Jehovah's Witness, just was trying her darndest to get us in their church. But she was uh, quite an aggressive person. I heard her swearing at her mother I couldn't, I couldn't have a part of anything to do with that church, praise the Lord. Other family members who were Catholic were extremely uh, demanding, controlling and religious. I knew, it made me recoil. So imagine if us who know God in the body of Christ, if we are acting bitter, if there's bad fruit in our lives, How is that affecting these young people? God's going to judge us for every careless word. And I love that scripture that that says, "A, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Now, gold is symbolic of divinity and silver redemption. So the words we speak forth from our mouth are for divine redemption. So, there are things that I believe God wants to set us free from today. And so, I just don't want to delay here now. It says in Proverbs 28 13, He who covers his sins will not prosper. And then we wonder why? Why aren't things going okay? Why is there no breakthrough? And we are covered in chains and we come and go, Let's worship. Can't even lift our hands up because of the chains. And then it says, but he who confesses and forsakes them, turns away from them, heads in the other direction, will find mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy God. God loves us and so he rebukes us. And we think, oh, that's not my Jesus. I was sitting in a, in a church like this. This woman came up to me, and she put her hands on my head, and she was ministering, and she began to cry. And she was going, oh, Lord, forgive this woman. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know what that's about. And we think, oh, that was humiliating. <laughs> that's what we think. But when God's in it, When it's his rebuke, there's grace. God's grace is goodness and kindness. God's grace never, ever sweeps our sin under the carpet, ever. Our our God's grace is good. He wants us to be free. And this lady's going, oh, Lord, forgive this. And I'm going, what? In my head. So I went away because I'd been trained. Test the word. Test the spirit to see if it's God. Oh, boy, it was God. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, I've been to heaven, pride. I, you know, I was a swinging from the raft, sort of Christian. So, no, this is not me. And you know what it was? I had one thought, one bad thought about a brother that put me on the wrong path. The lady was saying, forgive her, Lord. She's on the wrong path. I thought, this lady's nuts. And so we think, oh, no, this can't be God. It was God, all right. And so when the Lord said, you had a thought, I know all your thoughts, and you thought badly of a brother. That's like committing, you know, committing murder against that brother. And I said, Lord, you're right. And so I repented. And then blow me down. The Lord said, I want you to go and tell him now in the, in the home group. I thought, he doesn't even know, Lord. Why should I have to do that? It's only you and me that know this. <laughs> Lord said, no, I want you to go and I want you to tell that man, ask for that man's forgiveness for thinking ill of him. I did that. The man broke down, because what he'd been doing, he'd been using his mouth, talking about people, and it convicted him that he had that pride, and God set him free too, you see, God wants us healed, he wants us to be free, truly free, okay, where are we, uh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I really sense in the body as well, as I've been sitting amongst this body, I've sensed that the word of God here is so good. I mean, I've been to some places, and sometimes the word, I come away, I've even had to challenge the people who are preaching. I said, who mentors that young man, that young pastor? Because his interpretation of the scripture was just so far away from what it truly is. But, you know, I come in here and I think, oh, man, I just soak it up. But sometimes when you've been in a place for a long time, you become familiar. And you think, oh, we've heard this before. You want to try being in an Anglican church. (sighs) But, you know, God's, you know, he's new every day. That word is fresh all the time. I don't care how many times I hear the same word because there's always something in that word for me if my heart will be open enough to allow it, to, the seed to be sown in me. And as I've prayed, I really sense that um, in your reproductive organs in a woman, there are things called fallopian tubes. And I felt that there was a blockage In the tube. Now, the ovaries are on the, there's the tube and there's the ovaries. And so the Word of God should impart in us a seed that would bring forth life. But I felt as I've sat in the congregation that there's been a holding back, a holding back. And I don't know whether that's because you're not trusting. Or maybe you've been wounded, but I, I sense to holding back. And so the word of God has not been able to impregnate in you the truth or something good that can grow within you. God wants to birth something in your lives, but it, those blockages need to be removed to bring life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I've been praying that at home. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, would you move that blockage. Thank you, Jesus, that your word would bring life, that they would receive your word. And I felt that in that blockage there was a lot of pain, you know, pain like that mm, childbirthing pain. Also, sensed today, and I spoke to one of the sisters that some of you have been here, and like I I just sensed it was nine years. I don't know why, but um, you've been carrying something, you've been pregnant with something, for nine years, for a long time, and you're waiting for that thing to come to birth, to pass. And I believe it's today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your body has to let go. For that thing to come, that we have to surrender, that we have to humble ourselves so that whatever it is that God wants to birth in you is going to come today. It's a dream you've had for a long time as well, and you're heavily pregnant, and it's really affected your walk. Thank you, Jesus, Holy God. Thank you, Lord. So can you identify with any of those things that I've spoken about? Bitterness, religious spirit, jealous. Have you been jealous of somebody else and how they're doing? Have you been controlling? Have you been frustrated? Maybe bossy or argumentative? Maybe murmuring, talking about others? about other other people, other Christians even. You want a breakthrough in your life. You want to break those chains today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now I wonder if I could call my dear friend Sandra. She's a she's really good at this stuff. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Jesus. Let's you know when a word has been spoken sometimes it really demands a response from us. And so I wonder if we could if you feel comfortable you may want to stay in your seat. I'm really sensing the Holy Spirit moving. Thank you Lord, moving across. You know, when I prayed I just keep seeing him on that side just down that side as a thick blanket over you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy God. I see him moving. I see him moving across. Thank you, Jesus. Every heart. Holy Lord. Thank you, Father. Set us free, Lord. Set us free from ourselves. Thank you, Lord. So that we can truly say it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me, that you dwell in me, in this temple. Thank you, Jesus. We, we, I just really believe God wants this facilitated. It needs to be facilitated. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe even in your, in your seat, perhaps, eh, Sandra? Thank you, Lord. Well, we need to repent.
1: I just had a sense, as Kobe was talking, is that, you know, sometimes we think of the bitterness in in a spiritual way, but I felt like there's someone here and there's a lot of bitterness in your heart over something that happened over an accident that you had and the settlement was not what you felt like you should have had. And uh, there's been bitterness in your heart since then. And I just feel like it's time. You know, it's time that we let go of that stuff. Let go of the bitterness and you know sometimes we don't want to come forward but there does i agree with kobe there does need to be some kind of a response where whether it's a raise of hand or some way that we say in the presence of our brothers and sisters i don't want to do this anymore i want to let go of that bitterness i want to let go of the sin and i want to change i don't want to be the same person that walked in that door i want to be different you know why do we go to church Right? It's to be transformed, to go from glory to glory in the fellowship, in in the sharing. And so just let the Holy Spirit brood on your heart. And if this word touched your heart, it touched mine. You know, I I recognized a a place of, of jealousy in my heart. And it's like, God, I don't want that. Lord, forgive me. And so if it's you, You know, just raise your hand to Jesus and say, Jesus, I've recognized in me bitterness, and I don't want it anymore. Lord, forgive me for holding on to it for it is sin. And heal my heart, Lord. Heal my heart and show me the steps that I need to take to release that. Maybe I need to go to someone. Maybe I need to fast. Maybe I need to just fall on my knees and say, God, forgive me. Break the power of this bitterness that is in me and is in my generations. I can just see it in me and my parents and my grandparents. God, I don't want it anymore. Let it stop with me. And there's somebody here. You see that. It's a generational bitterness. And so if you're struggling with bitterness, just raise your hand right now. And we're going to pray in agreement. There's no shame here. This is where freedom is. Freedom is in this place. And so let's all just agree in prayer. Lord, in Jesus' name, would you come in the power of your might, in the power of your spirit, and free us from this sin of bitterness. And if you are repentant, just say, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. I change. I don't want it anymore. I desire to change. Please change me. Transform me. Transform my heart, Lord. Break the power of the bitterness and free me today. Receive the forgiveness. Receive the freedom. And for those of you that have struggled with bitterness and you feel like it might be a spirit of bitterness, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, freedom from that spirit that has bound you for so long. And some of you actually, you're experiencing some things in your back because of that bitterness it's it's just kind of um, made you bow down a little bit and i believe that you're receiving a healing right now in jesus name and so lord strip of power the bitterness that has bound us and bound our families bound this church and lord we don't want anything to do with it any longer in jesus name and i believe what the lord is saying is "Keep keep your heart right keep your heart right keep your heart right Because the answers are coming. The answers are coming. Keep your heart right. And maybe like me, you've recognized that maybe there's a bit of jealousy in your heart. Now's the time to say, God, I don't want that anymore. I repent for that sin, that fear of displacement or that whatever works in our heart. It's something in the church. And, you know, I hate it, but I fall into it. And so maybe that you just raise your hand and say, God, I don't want this anymore. I truly repent of that jealousy. And God, would you show me where these things are rooted and go to the root and just cut it off at the root and free us now, Lord, from that jealousy that would work within us in our families, in our church. Lord, we don't want it anymore. We want to be people of blessing and encouragement for those of you that are holding on maybe to that bitterness I don't know if it's you about the settlement you know you you throw out these words and you never know if it's the Lord or not but I feel strongly it is if that's you I'm just going to speak to you and say that the Lord is bringing justice and you will see justice but you have to let it go for him to work you have to let him do the work so let him do that work But I do believe that um, someone, you you really do have stomach problems. And it's the poison of bitterness. And if you will let that go, God's going to heal your stomach. And I kind of hope you do because I'm feeling it right now. (laughs) You know how you burden bear for people. And the Lord is saying, if you let that bitterness go, he he will heal your stomach.